Greetings and welcome to The Well. I'm your host, Sean Barkley. So glad to have you with us. We continue this week to talk about the concept of calling in life. And last week we looked at the fact that God has a calling for each of us. It's not just about vocational ministry, quote unquote, not just about pastors and missionaries and people of that ilk, but that God has a calling for all of us, whether we're in vocational ministry or not. This week I want to continue that conversation, and last week we did also note that your calling in life is where your gifts, your interests, your skills, your passions, those things intersect with the needs around you or the opportunities around you. And when you find that place where interest meets opportunity, I think that's the place that is called calling. And so we began the conversation last week. I want to continue it today. I saw in the newspaper this past week a story about a young woman named Erin McElhenney. Erin is 23 years old. She is a patient at the Cleveland Clinic. She has Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she was recently there receiving chemotherapy, and she was walking around the halls of the hospital in her pajamas, hooked up to an IV, and she came to the lobby, and there was a man in the lobby playing the cello. And, you know, you go to hospitals and you see this from time to time. Somebody's playing the piano or some musical instrument in the lobby, just trying to bring a little joy and light to what can be a gloomy place. So Aaron started to listen. And he came to a place where he was pausing, and she approached him and introduced herself. And she shared that she is a vocal student. She's a college student, and she's studying opera. And the cellist said, would you care to sing with me? I would love to accompany you. And she said, well, where? And he said, right here, right now, in the lobby. And so there she was, standing there in her PJs with an IV pole next to her, receiving chemotherapy, and she agreed that she would sing with him. And so he began to play, she began to sing, and a massive crowd gathered to hear her. And what caught my eye in the story was that she recognized, here are my talents, music, I'm a vocalist, I'm interested in that, and here is my situation, here is the opportunity. And she blessed people in the midst of that sadness and difficulty that she's going through. That was her calling at that moment, the intersection between gift and opportunity. We've been studying the book of Colossians, and I love what Paul writes in chapter 4, verse 2. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful, and then pray for us too that God may, quote, open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. And here's what I I notice there. He is saying, be prepared, be watchful, be aware for open doors. And notice that Paul, if you don't remember from last week, was writing this in prison. And being in prison, and he was not a young guy, he could have said, okay, I've done my part, now it's your turn. But he knew he wasn't finished. He was asking for more open doors, for more opportunities. And the concept of open doors is a consistent thread throughout the New Testament. Paul writes about it. Jesus in the book of Revelation is quoted as saying, there is a door that is open that cannot be closed. And so think about this. What are the open doors in your life? What are the opportunities to reach out to someone in order to proclaim Christ to them, whether by word or by deed. You see, an opportunity is by definition a, quote, favorable or opportune moment. It's not just about luck. 
It's when you've come to this moment and it's just opportune, it's favorable. There's something there in that moment. And we all know this to be true. There's a website called Opportunity, and it's for people wanting to make business connections. And there's a matchmaking algorithm that connects people with employers, that connects vendors and business owners, that creates this network. And it's intentional. It's not just luck. And that's what I believe about opportunity. There's an intentionality there. It's the result of being alert and watchful and intentional and seeing what's going on around. And here's what I notice about Paul. In this particular passage, he talks about looking for an opportunity while he's in prison and even connects his imprisonment with opportunity. You see, he saw his circumstances, and this is a tough one, I know. He saw his circumstances as being ordered by God. And so he ties the open doors to his current situation. So he's not saying this. He's not saying, if it weren't for these darn chains, if it weren't for this darn jail, I'd be out working for the Lord. He says, on the other hand, no, my circumstances are my open door. My chains are my opportunity. And so you start to look at, what are your circumstances? What would change in your life if you considered your circumstances right now as divinely arranged for the purpose of showing God's love and grace to the mer- and mercy to the people around you. You see, there is likely an open door right there where you are to demonstrate Christ. And it can be in the midst of difficult circumstances like Aaron there at Cleveland Clinic or great circumstances. I mean, if you have some wealth, that might open some doors for opportunity. And then Paul in the letter goes on as he talks about calling and focuses the attention of the Colossians on people who are quote-unquote outsiders. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. You know, when we were children, our parents would say, don't talk to who? Well, don't talk to strangers. And that's good advice. But it can become death in the church. And it can become death in the life of a believer. You know, I, I know that I admire folks who walk into the church that I serve. I don't know if I even said I'm a Presbyterian minister. And I admire it's a big place. And when people walk in, I think that takes courage when they don't know anyone. And we try to have a special eye for people who seem to be quote-unquote outsiders to make them feel welcome. But what I'm reading right now about outreach is that we need to put ourselves in the place where we are with quote-unquote outsiders. And so the Colossians, they didn't say, you know, I'm on, I'm good, I'm in, I'm going to heaven. No, they were, (laughs) Paul said, I want to counsel you to see the opportunity to share Christ with the outsiders. And so as you start thinking about your calling in life, um, just be aware of your circumstances and be aware of opportunities. Certainly there are opportunities to share the gospel wherever we might be, but there are also opportunities to clearly define what it is you're supposed to be doing. And there's one more thing he says, and I think it's important. In verse 6 of chapter 4, Paul writes, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that everyone may know the message. How do we proclaim the mystery of Christ? How do we live out our calling in these circumstances? We let our conversations be filled with grace. 
and season with salt. So how would you define a grace-filled conversation? Lots of different ways. How would you define, or define being seasoned with salt? I think it simply means that our speech would make the gospel more appetizing. You know, you think about hospital food, a lot of people say, yuck, it tastes terrible because there's no salt. This is what our very presence does. Our conversation being filled with grace, where we reflect a, a strong understanding of how we've received God's grace, where we're kind to the people around us, where we are positive, where we are more concerned with their needs rather than our needs. That is grace-filled conversation, and that is like salt. It makes the gospel more appetizing. It seems simple, but it sometimes can be very difficult to recognize opportunities around us. So again, as you think about your own life and your sense of calling, remember, journal things that you enjoy, things that bring you happiness, things that bring you energy, and also, I think it's helpful to journal your circumstances, the opportunities around you, the open doors, and begin to see where those two intersect. That's the calling. And then recognize that in your calling, no matter what that is, there's the opportunity to share Christ by word or by deed. Again, my name is Sean Barkley. If you'd like to know more about the work that I do, I'm the pastor at Crestview Church, which is just north of Cincinnati, Ohio. Crestviewchurch.com if you'd like to reach out to me. Really appreciate your time. May the Lord bless you and keep you and give you his peace. Have a great day.